Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. This is Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin, always interested in how to invest like a pro. Listen, 70% of Asia Pacific insurers have either already integrated ESG criteria into their investment strategies or say that they are doing so. So, on an institutional level, the merits of ESG investing are clear, but for many retail investors, the subject still seems a little grey. A survey of over a thousand Singapore residents that Endow was carried out found that more than half lacked understanding or knowledge of the topic, ESG investing. So today on Money and Me, we're going to find out what it means to think like a green investor and where this investing theme could be headed. To help us out, we have invited Christopher Tan. He's the CEO of Provident. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Hi, morning, Michelle. I'm good. Thanks for inviting me again. Always good to speak with you. Now, this might be a pretty technical topic for a lot of our listeners, so I'll try to make it as understandable as possible. First up, uh, the broad umbrella. We know ESG stands for um, Environmental, Social and Governance. So is ESG investing, basically investing with uh, the broader theme of ensuring that we don't cause any more environmental damage or we sort of supplement the try to do good in terms of the damage that we've done so far yeah so you have said it right so esg means uh, environmental that's e social that's s and governance that's g uh, basically we are using these three factors to evaluate companies and countries on how far advanced they are with uh, impacting sustainability. And the word sustainability is a very big word, but simply means we want to focus on these companies or countries that do not do things that destroy the earth. Mm. And once enough data has been acquired on uh, these three metrics, then they can be integrated into sort of like an investment process to decide what countries you want to invest in to decide which securities, which stocks, which bonds that you want to buy. So ESG investing has become so popular recently. Are you seeing increasing interest from uh, people that you work with in terms of integrating ESG investment? Yeah, I, I think in terms of consumer, the interest is lesser. But mm. in terms of fund managers, in terms of institutions, which you have mentioned, there seems to be a lot of interest. I mean, a few reasons. One, I think marketing. I think a lot of fund houses are doing a lot of marketing on it, saying that ESG investing might give investors superior returns. So I think this created a buzz and it caused a lot of interest. Um, interest, as I mentioned, hit interest. Mm-hmm. But as you had mentioned earlier, because people don't really understand ESG, I haven't seen a lot of people asking for ESG investment yet. But that's first, oh. marketing. Secondly, it's sort of like a new idea, you know. It's sort of like a theme of the month thing. Like, you know, the late 2000, everybody is talking about like tech, tech, tech. But now people are talking about ESG. But again, sadly, if you are not careful, it can become like a theme of the month kind of or theme of the year, theme of the season kind of uh, product. Mm. But the third reason I think there's been uh, more interest in ESG, uh, and it's a better reason, is that investors are becoming more purposeful. I think especially the younger investors, they are more concerned about the world. They are concerned about leaving the world a better place uh, for their generation, the next generation, and they want to express that conviction through their investments. So I think these are the three reasons why we hear a lot about ESG, but really seeing whether M consumers are asking for it, I cannot say that I've seen a lot of people asking for it. 
Interesting. Very interesting to get a pulse of uh, what investors want here in Singapore. Thanks for that. In terms of the key things that we need to know, you mentioned there's a lot of marketing out there. Help us make sense of what's noise, what is just using this trendy theme of the month to sort of, you know, get products in in our sites. What do we need to know about investing with ESG in mind? Yeah, so if you want to uh, invest in ESG-themed kind of products, mm. I think first we've got to make a very informed decision. So first we need to consider what is the impact of ESG investing on the long-term investment portfolios and risk and return, mm. right? I mean, you hear uh, fund managers, financial institutions saying that if you invest in ESG companies, well, because these companies are more sustainable, it should give you a better return and lesser risk. But you might want to make an informed decision, find out more whether this is really true. Otherwise, you go into something like that, you'll be disappointed. Secondly, I think we need to examine the broader impact of ESG investing to the overall well-being of the human society beyond just investment risk and return because uh, surely if you're investing into an ESG fund, an ESG ETF, a company that's so-called ESG positive, surely it is an expression of your conviction. So you might really want to find out whether these companies are really making an impact as they say they would before you put your money in. So these two things to consider, risk and return, and then is the investment that you're investing in really making the impact before you put your money down. That's the thing. I'm not sure the average retail investor has access. If you're not, uh, you know, um, uh, what is that called? The, the sort Heavy. of short sellers who go yeah. around and investigate and see whether or not this fund is really living up to its uh, claims, mm. marketing claims. Not sure if all that information is available to retail investors to be able to do themselves. So we'll, we'll come back to that in a minute. But first up, uh, you mentioned a lot of marketing says, hey, invest in the CNG ASG product because it could give you higher returns. Mm. Um, not too long ago, I remember people worrying that it was the other way around, that if you mm. invested with your conviction, it mm. could lead to lower returns. You were doing a good thing for the environment, but it could lead to lower returns. So whether it's expected higher returns or lower returns, mm. uh, what is your sense of what clients should be able to expect when they integrate ESG considerations into investments? Mm, the TLDR answer, the too long didn't read answer is unfortunately, <laughs> nope. Okay, I don't think you should expect a higher return or a reduced risk. Yeah, so we got our investment team to spend some time a few years ago, you know, researching into ESG, the claims on whether it'll give you a higher expected return and reduced risk. Really? And after the research, we concluded three things. So firstly, hmm. we cannot conclude that ESG companies will give a higher expected return. Right. Secondly, fund managers using ESG strategies, and there are plenty of them, mm. uh, as their mandate, well, may not consistently deliver higher uh, or lower returns and risk. Right. Just take last year, for example, Michelle. I mean, if you have been uh, investing and you are into ESG funds, for example, mm-hmm. last year might not be a very good year for you because, you know, a lot of the funds, they don't have uh, oil companies in their portfolio because they are deemed as ESG not friendly or environmentally not friendly. But last year, I mean, the oil prices have gone up and you would have missed out that return from that area, right? Mm-hmm. And in terms of risk, well, from a whole pool of, say, 1,000 companies, if you were to strip out, let's say, uh, many of them, they are not ESG friendly, you are left with fewer securities. And then how can that be a better diver- a diversifier of risk, right? So, I mean, mm-hmm. if you think about it, in terms of return and risk, managers may not consistently deliver higher return and lower risk. But the one thing we found out 
that is important for ESG funds to at least deliver reasonable returns is that the cost of implementation matters, right? Because if the fund managers use uh, a lot of costs to implement their strategy, then uh, you may not get the returns you want. And the last thing I want to say, which comes out uh, quite strongly in our research, is that the data out there are inconsistent and not conclusive at all about returns, even risk in ESG investing. I mean, there there, there are so many different data out there. It's so difficult to find consistency. This is the problem and real issue. ESG investing, definitely not a trend. I mean, this idea of investing according to your values dates back to centuries, really, Mm. when people were investing according to religious codes, uh, banning investings in slave labor. We saw that um, move into the 60s, the 70s, where the divestment action becomes more important because people are trying to pressure South Africa um, Mm. to move away from apartheid. And so many, many other issues after that to drive socially responsible investing strategies. The key issue now, I think, is um, how do we make sense of where we are? We know climate change is an imperative Mm. and we want to do something about it. Why do you think the data out there doesn't seem very conclusive about um, returns? Mm. I mean, there are a lot of things to say about this, but let me try and make it as simple as possible for listeners. Please. You see, when you want to buy a bond, right, Michelle, Mm. you may want to know if the company issuing the bond will return you the money when the bond matures. Mm -hmm. So you go out there, you search the credit rating companies and you look for the credit rating of the bond issuer before deciding if you want to invest in it. But when you want to decide in a company that is so-called ESG positive, before you decide to invest in it, in the same manner, you need data on this company. Whether they say they are environmentally friendly in their products they produce or the way they produce it. But Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this is where the problem starts. Firstly, there are close to 30 ways Okay, there are close to 30 ways to define an ESG issue. It's not as simple as uh, looking at credit rating AB, you know, AA, AAA. There are 26 ways to define an ESG issue or problem as defined by the Sustainability Accounting Standard Board. And on my last count a few years ago, hmm. there are 17 UN Sustainable Development Goals yep. and 262 indicators to indicate whether the companies are achieving their goals. 262 indicators, right? Mm. And, well, just using two ESG data providers, if you go to the bond rating agency, they are the main, the, the, three, well, the main three, Moody's, S&P, and Fitch. But there are many providers out there that provide data, and just using two ESG data providers, the most popular one is Sustainalytics, which is from Morningstar. Ah, yes. They have 220 indicators, metrics. MSCI, which is the other big one, yes. has 200 over metrics. Right, so you can see the inconsistency, right? Just two companies alone, they use different metrics to decide whether a company is ESG positive and there are plenty out there. So you can see why until today, I mean, just by saying that a company is ESG positive, mm-hmm. it's not good enough because there are so many different people will say different. I've seen a, a, a similar security being rated very differently by two different rating uh, companies. So, Inconsistency, you can understand why. Just yeah. too many. Yeah, yeah. And so many different kinds of metrics out there um, that different agencies use. Now, let's talk about this theme of greenwashing. Basically, mm. acting like you're a green company, hiding the bits of the supply chain or mm. how you produce your goods that would stand against your claims. Mm. Uh, do you think there's still too many areas in ESG 
for really effectively integrating it into uh, a portfolio at the level of the retail investor? You know, every time I go to a hotel, uh, Michelle, mm. and then I see a sign there that says, if you don't want the tower to be washed, you know, then you don't put it in the bathtub. Uh-huh. That helps us save the world. And I, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I'm not sure whether that's real or that's greenwashing. <laughs> <laughs> is it real or they just want to save some cost, you know? So, I mean, greenwashing is really the process of conveying a false impression or providing yeah. misleading information about how a company product are more... Uh, environmentally sound, uh, just like what I mentioned about hotels, right? So rather than taking a meaningful action against climate change, I think critics have said that the financial industry simply, or hospitality industry for that matter, greenwashing you know, investments or making false claims about the sustainability of their investment products to make money off a popular trend. So I think for investors, it's important for them to ask questions about what exactly ESG investment is doing to be ESG and how they are measuring ESG exactly. Right? What is the goal behind the way investment is being touted as ESG and what part of the ESG they are focusing on? I find it quite hard to believe, you know, um, Michelle, that if someone, a fund manager, come and say, we are focusing on these three parts, I find it so hard to believe because how can it be? Because each part has got so many metrics and it's very difficult for a fund manager to be good in mm. All three. So, um, are there many gray areas? Many. Uh, and if you are an investor, I think it's important to read the prospectus of the ESG fund that you are interested in. Yeah. They tell you the fund objectives uh, and really make an informed decision whether what they say is aligned with their values. Uh, and also with certain companies that they invest in, look at the, some of the securities that the funds are, is investing in. It's really in alignment with the objective of the fund. Yeah, and I'd say overall, if you're listening, also look at this whole push to achieve net zero by 2050. I mean, that is real. We know that businesses cannot remain the same. Something needs to change. But mm. greenwashing has come in the spotlight. And mm. lots of experts, uh, UN, for example, last year warned at the COP, uh, you know, at a climate summit about the prevalence of greenwashing, the new standards needed, uh, and credentials that maybe international bodies need to set in place to make it easier for people like us at the level of retail investing to be able to make sense of right. all that info out there. So what are some of the various ways you can share with us, Chris, that we can think of starting to invest uh, with the ESG theme in mind? Because we care about 2050 and net zero and all those goals. Mm. Yeah, I think for investors, the simplest way is to just buy either a fund or an ETF. Uh-huh. Right? I think it's difficult to go out there and pick up stocks, individual security. I mean, it's already difficult to you know, pick up uh, a stocks that will give you that return. You know, what more trying to find out really if that particular company is ESG friendly. So I think the easiest way for most of us uh, investors would be via ETF uh, index, right? Uh, one of them out there is the BlackRock US Carbon Transition Readiness ETF or the ticker is LCTU. Uh, it is actually benchmarked against the Russell 1000, similar holdings to the Russell 1000, but of course they cut off those uh, companies that are not so carbon-friendly, so-called. BlackRock says that uh, the index is actually constructed to have almost 50% less carbon intensity. So that's one uh, way. I mean, there are many other ETFs. I'm just quoting one example. Uh, Please don't quote me and say, okay, I'm going to buy this and this is definitely going to make money. It's just one example of an ETF. Of course, uh, there are funds as well. Uh, For us, we use the Dimensional Global Sustainability Co-Equity Fund. Uh, That particular fund focuses on uh, companies that aims to reduce carbon emission. So a fund and an ETF 
I think is the easiest way for retail investors to get access to ESG investment. So you're CEO of Provident. Help us get a bird's eye view of Provident's approach to integrating ESG into investment strategies. Are you really looking at companies that are really transitioning to a sustainable economic model? Yeah, I mean, we try our best. But, you know, Michelle, when we were discussing it a few years ago, Mm -hmm. we said that we don't want to be a hypocrite and we want to be holistic. Mm -hmm. So offering ESG investments to our clients is a natural outflow of our desire to positively impact the world. And so for us, we first ask ourselves, you know, if we are are measured, Providence is measured on our own so-called ESG metrics, how will we stand? And for us, it's mainly focused on social. So I I mean, we ask ourselves, how can we as a company be social? So we think it would be the way we structure ourselves to give honest advice and also impacting the world with positive money values. And, you know, we have spoken quite a bit and you know that I'm big on this whole philosophy of sufficiency. Mm -hmm. We preach contentment, going for enough instead of maximizing return. So we feel that this is how we positively impact the world. So that's the social part. And in this area, we don't even do well. Then offering ESG investment is a disconnect between what we do and what we truly believe in. I mean, I mean, I mean, we would be a hypocrite if, as a company, we are not even doing our part, and then we say we offer ESG investments. But let me finally talk about in the area of ESG investing. So for us, we create separate portfolios for our clients. One set that is ESG focused, another set without that ESG focus, mm. and for the set that is ESG focused, we use managers that is focused on the east side of the house uh, in the companies that focus on lowering carbon emissions and we also make sure that the approach is one that is not forecasting uh, and it is low cost and finally we prepared our investors psychologically that if they choose the ESG portfolios they should not expect better returns they should expect returns that are close to the portfolios that are not ESG focused. And the reason why they are investing in the ESG portfolios should be because it is an expression of their values and not for higher returns or lower volatility risk. Really clear. We so appreciate it. Thank you, Christopher, for helping us in a very muddy area, ESG investing. Really appreciate it. Have a great day ahead. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Michelle. Christopher Tan there. He's CEO of Provident, helping us understand what integrating ESG investment means and giving us great insight into Provident's approach to ESG investing as well. This is Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Stay with us. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.